Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is one date on the calendar. Uh, this isn't about like a catalyst and springboard for greater things to come. This is a step along the path to Detroit. That's how we operate. We're going to Destin, Florida in two weeks. Actually, we get on a plane two weeks from tonight, two weeks from late afternoon. A lot of good things uh, across the board. Uh, a lot of good, uh, um, you know, a lot of good competitive matches. And I think uh, the other side doesn't like to see this side uh, doing what we're doing. And so that's probably why things ended the way they did. But that's all right. When you when you when you fight a bull, or when there's a bully in the playground, you gotta hit the bully back. And so we hit the bully back a little bit tonight, and they don't like it. But that's just how sports works sometimes. So. Sunday in Ames, yeah? After taking a year off due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the annual Iowa State Wrestling Duel, the Cyhawk Series, returned to Hilton Coliseum on Sunday night. And guys, it was a doozy. The top-ranked Hawkeyes ultimately prevailed 22-11 to in a wild, entertaining, exciting, even chippy duel. Iowa now 3-0 this season. Iowa State drops to 2-1. and That is primarily what we're going to be breaking down today. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. Happy Tuesday, December 7th or Wednesday, December 8th, depending on when you listen to this. I know we are uh, publishing a little bit later um, because of some technical difficulties, but here we are only 18 days until Christmas, at least at the time that we're recording this. And now just a couple days removed from that epic Cyhawk contest. Iowa ultimately won six of 10 matches and scored three bonus point wins to defeat the Iowa State Cyclones. The Hawkeyes have now won 17 in a row in this series, as well as 32 of the last 33 and 56 of the last 60. That is an impressive run of success over their in-state rivals. The Dan Gable Traveling Trophy will not travel for another year as it will stay in Iowa City, the only home it's ever known since its inception in 2010. But you would not have guessed that this all-time series veers primarily black and gold if you were inside Hilton Coliseum on Sunday night. The announced crowd was 9,272, but there was every bit of 10,000 people in the building on Sunday, if you're into that kind of thing. And those fans pretty well split between both Iowa and Iowa State. They brought the goods, too, roaring at virtually every sequence of every match throughout the duel. After each of the four Iowa State victories, a Cyclone power chant broke out. Those clad in black and gold got the last laugh, breaking out in a Let's Go Hawks chant on their way out the door. They all begged for stall calls. They all booed the other coaching staff and wrestlers, and everybody hated the officials too. We'll touch on that more here in just a second. But I figured this was the big one. We could go match by match, kind of breaking down what happened. A freestyle, if you will. I was obviously in the building on Sunday night. 
Also rewatch the duel again afterward just to make sure that I saw what I saw. Do this with as many duels as I can. Shout out to YouTube TV and their DVR settings. Um, but especially the big ones, I always try to rewatch. You can always pick up a few more things um, by watching it again, making sure that it's super fresh, right? So let's start with some big picture things first before we get into the actual matchups. First off, Iowa won this duel thanks in large part to the bonus points, right? Both Jade Nyerman and Alex Marinelli scored major decisions. And then Tony Cassiope won at heavyweight by way of a stalling disqualification, which was kind of odd, right? Maybe we should kind of dive into this tree branch a little bit because there were a lot of stall calls, right? 18 total stall calls on Sunday, 12 on Iowa State, 6 on the Hawkeyes. For reference, the Cyclones were called for just 5 total stalling calls in their first two duels. Um, I know Iowa's a little bit different than both California Baptist and Army, but still, um, the Hawkeyes were hit for just stalling once in their first two duels. That was against Princeton as well as Army. Um, I don't mind a lot of stall calls if the action or lack thereof warrants a lot of stall calls. I'm not sure that the action on Sunday warranted 18 stall calls, right? I can only speak for me, um, but all I ask from the officials whenever I watch a wrestling event is just consistency, right? If you're going to be quick to call stalling, for example, be quick to call stalling in all 10 matches. Um, our official was not very consistent on Sunday. There are numerous examples that kind of illustrate this, right? 149 pounds, Max Murin got dinged for stalling twice in the final 30 seconds of the third period. He ultimately won the match 3-2, to two, um, but the only thing that really changed, at least from my per, uh, vantage point, um, was that Ian Parker ramped up his shot output in those final, you know, final minute, final 30 seconds or so. Murin defended, uh, wasn't really on the attack at that point in the match. I get that, but I just, I thought two calls in that short a span was a little odd, right? Um, 285 pounds. We talked about this as well, or at least we briefly touched on it. Uh, Sam Schuyler lost the match by stalling disqualification. Um, and for the uninitiated, if you get called for stalling five times in a match, you just lose the match. Um, the, the ref tells you to get off the mat and go home, right? First stall call came with about a minute and 40 seconds left in the first period. Okay, fine. The next four came within the span of a minute and 43 seconds between the second and third periods, right? So here's kind of the breakdown. The second stall call, 41 seconds left in the second period. Okay. Um, the third came with seven seconds left in the second period. Okay, a little odd. Um, the fourth one came with a minute 35 left in the third period. Also a little odd. Um, and then the final one came with 58 seconds left in the third period. By that point, Tony Cassiope was already up 9-0. He had riding time locked. He was cruising toward a major decision. I still thought that was a little ridiculous, right? I get that he really wasn't doing a whole lot while on bottom. Um, again, Tony Cassiope was just kind of doing his thing, scored a couple of takedowns. He added his own escape. Um, I just thought four stall calls in less than two minutes was a little strange. I don't know, man. I thought that was a little weird. And then there's the match at 133, right, uh, between Austin DeSanto and Ramazan Adesayev, uh, where he handed out two double stall calls, which is something I've never seen before. One double stall call, okay, two a little strange, right? First one came in the first period because they kept interlocking fingers. Okay, cool. I understand that. That's the rule. The second one came with six seconds left in the match because why? Like, I don't know. Um, you know, now take all of that context and look at the match at 174, right? Where Nelson Brands beat Joel Devine 3-1 to one in overtime. There was a lot of hand fighting in that match, a lot of pushing, a lot of subbing. Um, there were some shots that were defended. There were some action-reaction sequences. And then Brands wanted on a reshot in overtime that he ran all the way down through to the edge, picked uh, Joel Devine's leg back up, pulled him back in bounds, covered for two, right? Excellent sequence. Um, not a single stall call in that match, right? Four total points, zero stall calls. And I'm not saying there should have been stall calls in that match. But it was not unlike Murin Parker at 149, um, yet Murin was tagged for stalling twice in 30 seconds. Again, I just, I don't know. 
of the inconsistency baffled me a little bit. That's a lot more time that we're spending on stalling than I thought we would, but here we are. By and large, the duel I thought was exceptional. Um, now that I'm off the, the referee ranting a little bit, four matches were decided by two points or less. Another was decided by three points, and then one more was decided by four points, so there was a lot of close action, right? Um, uh, I mentioned Iowa won three of those matches by bonus points. Iowa State um, won a pair of matches back-to-back, actually, thanks to third-period takedowns, right? 184, Marcus Coleman beat Miles Wilson 4-1, to and then at 197, Younger Bastida beat Jacob Warner 4-3. to um, Yeah, that's kind of, you know, hey, I guess I got the, the, the referee official stalling rant out of the way. Why don't we just dive into this, right? We'll go wait by wait, and then we've got some post-match interviews at the end that I will play for you guys. So, um, hey, buckle up. Let's jump into this thing. Duel started at 125 pounds, where Kyson Terakina took out Jesse Ibarra eight to two. Terakina, it just to my, I don't know, my perspective. That's what the whole freestyle is going to be. So hey, hope you're ready. Um, Look like Terakina's experience kind of helped him win this battle here. Scored takedowns in all three periods. Had more than two minutes and 30 seconds of riding time. Ibarra didn't really have much in the way of offense. Really only defended well on you know a handful of Terakina's shots. There was one scramble there in the first period where it looked like maybe. Um, you know, I don't know if it was a little bit of muscle or just like really good spatial awareness from Terrakina, but there was a shot, there was a scramble. It looked like potentially Yabara could have, you know, maybe held on for a takedown there, but Terrakina, really good hips, was able to kind of shift up and, um, you know, really wiggle out of the scramble there, and that was kind of the end of the period. Um, it was a weird cartwheel sequence from Yabara, but, you know, hey, uh, Terrakina quick with his shots, um, just as fast with his finishes. This put Iowa State up 3-0. to zero. That took us to 133, where there was some interesting stuff here, right? This one got a little zesty, um, also a little weird. This was the double stall call, right? Um, that was just, it was really unique to me, man. Like, I just, I don't know, like, from my perspective, um, you know, Ramazan had a couple of attacks, not a lot. I mean, this is through the duration of the match. Austin DeSanto, I thought, was the clear aggressor. Um, you know, but give Ramazan credit for, I mean, he did a really good job of slowing the match down. I know that that's, you know, you want to see offense, you want to see shots, you want to see opportunities get created, but, um, you know, clearly there was some film work done here. How do you slow down and weather the storm? Um, you know, he had a couple, you know, he had a couple of slick opportunities here where I thought maybe, still talking about Ramazan here, where he thought, I thought maybe he could have potentially scored off some of those. And then, you know, you, you score the first takedown on Austin DeSanto. What happens there? I don't know. The tide turns a little bit, right? But, you know, DeSanto still continually brought the pressure a little bit, was able to finally convert a takedown in the second period. Um, you know, he climbed the climbed a single leg, and um, as he come up, as he came up, they were on the edge, right? So DeSanto carries him out of bounds a little bit. There was a little, I it wasn't anything outrageous, but definitely maybe a tiny, teeny, tiny bit unnecessary. And then Ramazan, I mean, he carries him into the scorers table. That was what was unnecessary about it. Um, and then Ramazan turns around and throws an elbow. That's when you kind of figured, hey, this duel's going to be a little fun, right? Um, so the official, you know, technical violation on both guys. They each get a point, which I thought was fair. Um, you know, and then yeah, that takedown ultimately stood up as the difference. Why right? uh, Desanto ends up winning this one six to four? That tied the duel at three three. Um, took us to one forty one. Right, Jade Nyerman um, scores a major decision here. Ends up taking uh, six total takedowns uh, against Zach Redding. Had uh, two in the first period, one more in the second, and then rolled up three more in the third to secure the major. I'll give Zach Redding this man. Uh, it's four two. 
in the first period after a couple of pretty quick takedowns there from Ironman. Um, you know, he scored those two takedowns in the first 70 seconds of the duel. Just a couple. Of, I mean, he's got quick feet and, and really good at those slide bys. And Redding's a guy that, you know, he embraces contact a little bit. You know what I mean? So he likes to, you know, heavy hands to try and set up some shots and create some windows there. But, you know, give Redding credit, man. In the last minute of the first period, he comes back and. Um, is able to get down in on Ironman's legs, is able to score a takedown there that tied it 4-4, escape Ironman at the end of the first, and then again at the second, and then you know four takedowns later we got the major decision there from Ironman um, that put Iowa up seven to three. So, but you know, good action there, good good response from Redding, but just a little too much. Jaden Ironman he was pretty overwhelming in this one. One forty nine, um, Max Murin. Uh, over Ian Parker, three to two. This was fun because it was both of their guys' debut, right? Like this was Murin's season debut. Um, he had been dealing obviously with that um, left elbow injury, so that was that. You know, there, there was like a pad or something on it. I, I couldn't exactly tell what it was. Um, you know, but then Ian Parker also making his season debut, and his was this was super intriguing because you know Ian Parker's now up at one forty nine. He wants to try for that spot. Hadn't seen either of these guys yet this year. Um, you know, so Parker, excuse me, Murin converts a takedown late in the first period. Parker does a really good job just trying to establish a tone here, I think, through the first period. Um, you know, handful of shots here that Murin defends. They're hand fighting. They're creating angles. Um, you know, Murin elbows off into some two-on-ones every now and again. Murin finally able to convert a single leg. Very patient finish. He took this shot with like 55 seconds left on the clock and doesn't convert until there's like 25 seconds left on the clock. You know, at least less than 30, right? So very patient finish there from Max Murin. And then even more crucially, he rides Parker out the rest of the way. Um, I thought that was pretty big. Um, when they come back at the start of the second, Parker chooses down and Murin rides him for another 15 seconds or so. So he's got, you know, north of 40 seconds of riding time on Ian Parker. That is a incredibly hard thing to do. Um, at, and also at that point, he's got a two, one lead. Um, you know, so, you know, they continue to hand fight. Parker takes a few more shots here and there. Uh, Murin more or less just kind of holding position. We go to the third, escape Murin. Um, you know, once the final minute hits, Murin doesn't shut down his offense, so to speak. He, he sets up a couple of half reshots and, and does well defending with head and hands, and they continue to hand fight. But, you know, two stall calls in the final 30 seconds. I figured one was coming. I thought two was a little quick, um, just one man's opinion. But Murin takes it 3-2, um, puts Iowa up 10-3. to 157, this is where the Cyclones get back on the board. Um, David Carr, 6-2 to two over Caleb Young. Thought it was really interesting here. He had takedowns in the second and third period, so it was a scoreless first um then young escapes in the second um then he gets dinged for stalling midway through the second and then Carr able to score a takedown rides young out the rest of the way um then Carr goes escape takedown in the third period um that third period takedown was really nice he had a single leg they were near the edge um and uh cars got the single leg in the air um, and he's able to kind of he's able to get young off balance, obviously, because he falls to his butt. And in that process of the fall down, Carr corrals both of the legs and is able to score. It was really nice technique there. Um, you know, interesting, though, uh, one thing that really kind of stuck with me. And this was after the post-match presser. And you guys will hear Tom talk about this. Um, Tom brought up that. Uh, you know, he, I mean, he brought up last year's Big Ten Championship where Caleb Young lost to Ryan Deacon. And I wrote about this in the mailbag. You, the link's in the um, show notes. Go click on it. Um, you know, just discussing the importance of film study, right? Um, Caleb Young, I, he lost that match 6-0 to Ryan Deacon. And Ryan Deacon had a really nice, like, inside wrist control 
because he piled up more than four minutes of riding time in the Big Ten final to beat Caleb Young. And David Carr was doing a lot of the same things. He, he, had, he had almost two minutes of riding time in this match, and a lot of it was because he was finding ways to control the wrist, to control the hand. Um, you know, I think the way I wrote it, you I think of a table. If you kick one leg out, the table probably stands. But when you put all your weight on the corner where the leg's gone, the table falls pretty easily, right? So that was kind of what Deacon put on film to... I, you know, I, Tom, Tom called it an exposed, you know, he got exposed by revealing that sequence a little bit, what Deacon was able to do. And I saw David Carr do a lot of the same stuff. So, um, you know, really good match there from David Carr. They made it 10-6. We didn't have an intermission, so we kept going in this duel. Um, 65, Grant Stotts versus Alex Marinelli. Really cool to see Grant Stotts get the nod here. I know this is a weight that's kind of up in question right now for Iowa State. Um, They had three guys weigh in at this weight. Stotts, Isaac Judge, Austin Crazer, who, um, uh, he was the transfer from Maryland. I guess one of the transfers from Maryland because his brother came with him. Um, but Grant Stotts gets the nod for the Cyhawk duel. But Alex Marinelli just a little too much here. Seven total takedowns. Had three in the first period alone. He rolls to a 16-5 to five major decision. That put Iowa up 14-6 to six with four weights left. Um, then we get to 74. Um, you know, 1-1 at the end of regulation. We get to overtime. Um, this is where, you know... I, it looks like Joel Devine, Joel Devine versus Nelson Brands here at 74. Joel, De- he, he takes like a half shot or, I mean, just kind of, he doesn't fully commit to the shot that he ends up taking. So Nelson snaps, reshoots, drives him all the way to the edge. He doesn't go out of bounds, but there's no takedown. So Nelson grabs the one leg he's got. Um, I think it's Devine's left leg, pulls him back in. Um, obviously, he loses his balance. Nelson covers for two. So really liked the reshot and the finish there. Um, throughout regulation, it was a lot of pushing and shoving. No stall calls, though. Handful of shots here and there from both guys, both guys taking ground. I mean, it was it was a nice little hand fight um, for seven minutes, but it wasn't until that, um, that reshot and sudden victory that we finally saw some legitimate points, right? So that was... Um, 174 brands over divine three to one that made it 17 to six Hawkeyes we get to 184 this is where the Cyclones find a little bit of shine Um, 184 Marcus Coleman ends up defeating Miles Wilson four to one Coleman um, you know so he's up scoreless first period Coleman does get a stall warning um, but then the second period Coleman escapes Um, third period um, Coleman puts on a nice little ride here rides for about 30 35 seconds or so Wilson finally escapes um, and then very quickly, Coleman is right back on him, um, does a really good job here, I thought, just kind of, he finds a way to create the window of opportunity to take the shot, takes the shot, finishes the shot, um, and that's with about a minute left, he rides Wilson out the rest of the way to secure riding time, so 4-1 there, Marcus Coleman, that brought the crowd to its feet, they were up and pretty rowdy there, 17-9 Iowa on the team score, but really good stuff there from the hometown kid in front of the hometown crowd, right? Um, 197, we get to see Jacob Warner, first time we've seen him since the Luther Open, that's where it looked like like he dinged up his knee a little bit. I didn't think it was anything serious, but his leg was taped up all the way, so that was kind of intriguing to see. But he's got younger Bastida from Iowa State, and younger Bastida um, kind of shows why Iowa State was willing to take a little bit of a chance on him, right? He's He's got tremendous freestyle credentials um, when he came over from Cuba, um, and it looks like he's finding ways to, you know, the more he steps on the mat, the better it seems like he's getting, or at least he's getting more... More savvy, I suppose, when it comes to folk style wrestling. I don't know that this transition is fully complete. Like I know at Dactronics, he was he was wrestling pretty well on the mat. Um, you know, there were a couple matches where he racked up a little bit of riding time. I know he ended up losing to uh, Silas Allred in the semifinals there, but just overall, just he looks a little bit more comfortable wrestling folk style than he did last year, right? And and I think it showed a little bit here in this matchup with Warner, which I thought was um, really excellent showcase and really good match strategy from Younger Bastida. 
Um, and we'll get to that here in a second. So Younger um, scores a takedown out of an inside trip in the first period. That puts him up 2-0. Warner adds on a couple of escapes, 2-2. Um, Warner, uh, Warner, it looked like, okay, so in the second period, um, you know, midway through, Younger goes in for another shot, which, by the way, this is why I think he looks more comfortable. He also looked a tick faster than Jacob Warner. Um just Younger was firing off shots from quite literally everywhere in this matchup. It was really impressive to see. Not all of them connected. Um, you know, Warner had to do fairly well scrambling out of a couple of situations. He'd had to do well defending, had hands defense, was stepping out of other stuff. Like, Younger was applying pressure, which was, I, that was pretty, that was good to see, um, I thought, just in terms of like his transition from freestyle to folk style. Um, you know, but then, uh, you know, so he, he's continuing to shoot in the second period, even though it's 2 2. Um, you know, not that that should matter, but um, he has a shot where it looks like excellent head hands defense from Warner is able to drag by behind him. Definitely looked like it was two for Warner at that sequence. Ref doesn't call it. They keep rustling. Um, Warner's got him in rear standing, and I I thought this was excellent defense from Younger to not give up the takedown while Warner was in rear standing. So they end up walking out of bounds, stall warning on Younger. They go back to the center. Um, Warner actually asked for a challenge. His corner um, obliged. They threw the brick. Um, the call did not get reversed, so the no takedown held up on review, which you go back and watch it. I kind of thought it was a takedown because Warner has him covered. His knees on the mat, Younger's knees, Warner has him covered, Younger's knees on the mat, Younger's hands on the mat. There's enough of a second there for a reaction, and even in the process of a reaction, Younger still has his hand on the mat while Warner is behind him in control. I thought it should have been two. Ref didn't see it that way, so away we go. Um, so we get to the third period. It's 2-2, Younger's choice. He chooses neutral. This is what I was talking about earlier with good match strategy. Know where your strengths are, apply to your strengths, play to your strengths, Um you know, because Warner's strength is underrated. I don't know if we talk about it enough. He's pretty good on top, right? Like, he he knows how to apply pressure. He's got that folk style savvy way more than Younger Bastida does. So, Younger decides to go neutral, um, and he scores a takedown midway through the third period. That makes it 4-2. Warner escapes 4-3. Um, Warner, I still thought, had a shot to win this match here, but... Um, you know, hey, give Younger credit. Like, throughout the match, you know, they're hand fighting, they're battling, they're trying to create openings and positioning, and... Um, you know, Younger did a really good job throughout the match, just continuing to apply pressure. So we're spending a lot of time at, on 197, but um, there was a lot to take away from this match just in terms of who was wrestling, um, you know, the action itself, this, that, and the next. Um, you know, really good match from Younger. Um, I think Warner, you know, this is first time in close, nah, maybe not quite a month, but first time in quite a while that he's, you know, way in, boom, you're on the mat. Um, so, you know, I think he, he looked a tick slow, but I think this is something that obviously with more live action mat time, he will continue to, uh, he'll continue to progress. Then we get to heavyweight. Um, we kind of touched on this a little bit too with the stall calls, but it was just really, really weird. Um, Cassiope just very workmanlike from Cassiope takedown in the first period. Um, you know, was able to start piling up riding time. Then in the second period, escape takedown fairly quickly. And then this, you know, at the end of the second period, uh, Skyler's already got three stall calls. And then Skyler chooses down in the third period. Um, you know, there's the shoulder check when they walk back in bounds. It was just really, really weird. Um, but ultimately stalling disqualification. Um, you know, and that's kind of how the duel goes, right? Um, Iowa State was docked a team point after Younger's win over Warner because he decides to spike his headgear, which beautiful spike. Um, I find the whole team point deduction thing a little weird. Like, I know that there's a lot of people that feel a certain type of way about it, but 
Um, I thought that one, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I, I guess I ultimately feel about it. But um, those are the rules. So Headgear Spike lost a point. Um, after the heavyweight match, Terry runs over to the Iowa State bench. I'm not exactly sure what he says, but there really wasn't anything super crazy. I know that ultimately the quote-unquote bench is cleared. Um, and if you go back and watch the video, it's it's a weird type of shoving match. I don't know that happens afterwards. Like It's not like a fight. It's not like a brawl or anything, but they're just kind of like – a few of them are yelling at each other. I see Francis Dugan, um, you know, an Iowa State heavyweight reserve pushing Bobby Telford, which is certainly a decision. Um, but then you look at the other side of, of the everything that's going on, and, like, you got guys like David Carr and Grant Stotts and, and Cassiope and Nelson Brands, and they're all shaking hands. Like, it's just, I don't know. It was a really weird thing. They all break up and they go their separate ways. The assistant coaches are yelling at each other. Um, other coaches are yelling at each other. It was it was really intense. It was really chippy. It added to the fun energy of the thing during the duel, but then the whole post-duel thing was just kind of bizarre. So I don't know. Like it's it, it was really strange because it was like there's a lot of commotion and then like nothing is, is really happening. Also, shout out to Adam Fellers for a Sandlot hat. Very clearly in the middle of that stuff. Um, just trying to make sure that nothing crazy actually does happen for either side. So shout out to that guy. Shout out to Iowa and Iowa State for putting on one heck of a show for the Cyhawk duel. Um, final score, Iowa 22, Iowa State 11. I was thoroughly entertained. I hope you guys were thoroughly entertained, whether you were just following along or actually watching it, or if you were even in the building. I know that there were a handful of you guys that um, came up and said hello um, to those of us on Press Row, and, and thoroughly appreciate that. If you guys ever get the chance to do that, whether it's in Carver or in Hilton or anywhere else that we're watching wrestling, um, Feel free to do so because you all know I love connecting with you guys and um, you know, hey, prime example of that. Um, and it's always fun when we get a show um, for wrestling as well. Um, so yeah, that was the that was the Cyhawk duel. Um, you know, got a couple of interviews lined up for you guys. We got to talk to Tom Brands afterwards, as well as um, Kevin Dresser, Younger Bastida, and David Carr. So um, you know, they talk about the duel. They talk about certain matchups. Um, they talk about the post duel, whatever the hell you want to call that, um, afterward as well. So, um, great insight from a lot of those guys. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was intense. It was a very intense evening at Hilton Coliseum. And I think the, um, that kind of lingered a little bit into, um, you know, the post dual press conferences. So we'll start with Tom and then we'll lay down, um, the Kevin Dresser audio. He actually, while he talks, he brings up younger Bastida. So that'll be part of his press conference. And then we'll end with David Carr. Um, so yeah, that's the order. That was the duel. Um, I'll see you guys on the other side in just a minute. fingers it was fingers so by rule they have to stop it stalemate or whatever and then they warn you and then fingers so the referee felt that both guys were equally at fault what kind of win in this environment do your team down the road this is one date on the calendar uh this isn't about like a catalyst and springboard for greater things to come. This is a step along the path to Detroit. That's how we operate. We're going to Destin, Florida in two weeks. Actually, we get on a plane two weeks from tonight, two weeks from late afternoon. So 
The only thing that I would say that would be controversial is, are we coming back to Ames next year again for the third year in a row? We came here two times in a row. And they skipped Carver Hawkeye Arena. We came into this building two times in a row. That's never happened before. Are we going to go three years in a row? I don't know. I don't know if it's on the schedule yet. We'll come back here three years in a row. Tom, why was there maybe more juice in this dual meet than there has been in the series in a long time? I don't look at it that way. I don't look at the, the juice. Um, I look at it as, you know, 125, they win the first match. Um, crowds in it. Um, big noise at 197, crowds in it. Final score, 23 to 11 with a disqualification stall call to end the dual meet. A lot of juice for the Hawks. What did you think about Max's performance? Uh, making his Max Mirren, awesome, awesome. Uh, we, need, we need someone there. Um, Seabrick, we love him. Um, the reason we went with Mirren, he's ready to go. And, um, you know, you saw what happened against Army with Seabrick, and we got to get consistent there. And that's not a knock on Kobe Seabrick. We love him. But you've got to be consistent, and you've got to be tough, and you've got to show that you belong every time out. So we have two good options there, and we have another one too, Brett Lee Reyna. Brett Lee Reyna um, there and Vince Turk. We have, we have four options there at 149. How about Drake as an option? Mir Mirren's a physical, Mirren is a physical, staunch pillar of a guy. And he gets the most out of himself. And that was a gutsy win. That was a gutsy win. Him and Warner were kind of in the same boat there with um, first time out. Oh, how about Drake as a possibility at 125 there? Drake Ayala is ready to go. He's ready to go. And we love him. What do you like about Nelson's fight? Nelson can open it up. He can score more points. Um, we love it that he was relaxed, um, didn't seem rattled. I think with his ability, um, I, I think that he can open it up, wrestle his match, wrestle his pace. I'll tell you, I'm sitting in the corner there, and I said it in a voice just like I'm talking now that this is the exact pace that that guy wants. That, that guy wants to wrestle this pace, and he wants it to come down to that type of match. So to keep your wit, good job. But we got a lot more to give there. So does Warner. Warner's got a lot more to give there. Caleb Young's got a lot more to give there. You know, Deacon on that wrist ride, the Big Ten Finals last year, kind of exposed him. Anything else? Coach, the scuffle at the end. Both, both teams coming together, obviously heated. Um, you know, is that just a rivalry or was the words going on there? It's the next date in competition, two teams that want to win and a stall out at the end. We're up 17 to 11 and the guy got stalled out of the duel. He got stalled out. Of course, of course, there's heated emotions, of course. All right, thanks coach. Thank you. Okay, first off, uh, thanks for coming. Um, I think everybody got their money's worth. Raise your hand if you got your money's worth. Okay. A couple guys, right? Good. Media can be a little more interactive if you want. Um, 
the horse for some reason got a little exciting there at the end. Um, I thought we did a good job competing tonight. I know that's a very young Iowa State team right there. Uh, with the exception of 149, where we're trying to figure some things out, we got two seniors, but that's a really young team there. And so, you know, I liked uh, how hard we fought. You know, a couple places like 133 and 174, you know, we had them right where we wanted to, where we wanted to have them, and we just didn't, you know, get it done and pull the trigger. And you know, I liked the 197 that, you know, they had to play their ace, and we went and beat their ace um, at 197. So, a lot of good things uh, across the board. Uh, a lot of good. Uh, um, you know, a lot of good competitive matches, and I think uh, the other side doesn't like to see this side uh, doing what we're doing, and so that's probably why things ended the way they did. But that's all right. When you when you when you fight a bully, or when there's a bully in the playground, you gotta hit the bully back, and so we hit the bully back a little bit tonight, and they don't like it. But that's just how sports go sometimes. So somebody be brave and ask the first question. Where's Ben Visser when we need him? At the end, you were you were, had a discussion with the official. Was that what specifically were you upset with? I thought the official did a really good job uh, for the most part, of the, uh, and then he lost it, lost completely all of his bearings in the last match. Um, and, and I don't know if he let the other side get to him. He wanted to go home, and he had to watch a movie tonight or something. I don't know what was up with him, but he obviously wanted that match over. You know, I don't know what was going on. Maybe he had to catch a flight or something, but uh, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable the capital U, right? That you end that match that fast. So um, <clears throat> I won't say anymore because I'd probably get in trouble. But did I answer your question? Yep. Overall, then, how would you assess this performance? I thought we competed hard. You know, when you got a young team, you just want to get better every week. And I thought we got better. And I think we competed hard. Um, um, so yeah, we, we probably could have won a couple more matches there. But <clears throat> as we go forward, um, this was a big step for them. I mean, you got the defending national champions, you got the number one ranked team in the nation, and you, it's about easy to bow down real quick. And, you know, I don't think we bowed down. How about the matches that could have gone the other way? How do you turn them around? We keep working hard. We keep working hard. So, you know, as a coach, you look for progress, but would you have thought Ramazan Adesayev was going to go down in the last 30 seconds with uh, DeSanto? Did you, you think you would, did you think that when that match started today? How would I know? Well, you're, you're a wrestling broadcaster. You watch this stuff all the time. I mean, we're you're supposed asking, to be studying this we're stuff. We're asking you questions. All right, well, I can ask questions now and then too, right? Well, I'm just saying, yeah, I think we did pretty good. I thought we competed pretty well. We made progress. I know this is a Hawkeye State, but it's kind of turned into a Cyclone State a little bit too, so. You've been talking to, to fans that, you know, begging them to come back to, Hilton tonight was almost 10K. Good, good. What do you have to say to the fans that showed up? Oh, thanks, thanks for everybody. You know, a lot of, a lot of Cyclones, a lot of Hawkeyes, you know. Good, is, go ahead. Horace Coleman made uh, <clears throat> maybe some strides from the last couple of years. I think he's just um, maturing and I think he's managing matches. I think he still needs to go out a little quicker, but I think he's managing matches well. and. Um, um, I think there's more there. You know, he beat a really good guy a couple weeks ago, the Nebraska guy. So, um, you know, I, I, I like I like his trajectory. You know, if we do our job as coaches, we're going to keep getting better, and that's kind of what we just preach to him right now. Like we didn't, you know, we don't like losing. We had some guys and there were tears in their eyes, but I really believe these guys will come back and uh, 
wanting to get better tomorrow. You know, and we, 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 we kind of what we inherited, we didn't have that. So it was kind of harder to make a team, but we're pretty darn young right now. What did you think of Younger's form when he spiked his head here? Well, we've taught Younger a lot of things. I mean, I'm so proud of Younger Batista. He's been over in the States about uh, 54 weeks now, exactly. Um, did not speak English, did not know one folk style rule. And we haven't, we forgot to teach him the rule about spiking your headgear. We'll teach him that Monday or we'll show him the video. Um, but uh, we didn't teach him that rule. I turned my head so I didn't see him spike it. So I promise you he didn't spike it to be disrespectful. The guy just doesn't know all the rules yet. But I think we got a pretty special guy there, you know, going forward. I think we got a pretty special guy. So we apologize for that. Was tonight's duel kind of how you envisioned this rivalry being? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you going to decide at 149 who's going to go there? Good question. I think well, you know, we're probably going to send some guys to Midlands and figure that out. 65, 49, and you know, maybe even 74. We got some guys to figure out. We got some pretty good guys still in there that need to get a shot. And <clears throat> so we'll figure that out. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to bring out my special guest because he's been here. I got to give the shout out to the Iowa State English Department folks and International English Department folks. I can promise you when this guy got here last year, he would not have been able to do this. But is this Mike live? All right. Um, I'm going to ask younger questions uh, and uh, see if um, we can translate this. He has to hear me bark all the time. But uh, as you'll find out, his English is getting better. It's not perfect, yet, right, Younger? Yeah, it's not perfect, but we try. <laughs> He'll try, right? But what a great kid. Um, what an exciting guy, a lot of talent, you know. Um, so, Younger, what did you think of the Iowa-Iowa State crowd? Well, it's, it's amazing. I never, I never saw, like, a lot of fans, uh, a lot of crowd together. The thing was, I was experienced today to to solve all these people like fighting around. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, he didn't know what was going on at the end there. Yeah. We didn't either, so yeah. we had to coach him up. So that was a fight in America. That's a fight. Yeah, it's under. Yeah. Cuba, they fight in Cuba? Yeah, yeah, but okay. here it's like crazy. It's like a war. <laughs> crazy fight here. Crazy fight. All right, who's got the next question for Younger? What's duels like tonight? Why you came to Iowa State? Sorry, can you repeat it? Were duels like tonight? Why you came to Iowa State to wrestle Iowa? Wrestle those big teams? No. <laughs> was today was like the more crazy. Like a lot of people. Well, I never seen this thing in my life. What were keys for you in the match? Sorry, can you... what what were keys for you to win the match? Juice. I do what my coach say in the, in the corner and keep, keep wrestling all the time. You know, with him, we kind of changed his strategy up a little bit. Obviously, he's got a great, great freestyle background, so we kind of started coaching him different a couple of weeks ago. We got, we got, you know, he's, he's obviously a world medalist in freestyle, and um, so we need to try to figure out how to make the folk style match a little bit more like a freestyle match. And so, you know, we, you can see the emphasis to stay on our feet as much as we can because he can go toe to toe with anybody in the nation on his feet. Um, but he's and he's actually getting pretty darn good at the bottom. But we're just using some different strategies right now to figure out how to win matches with the best guy out there. So three takedowns in the first period, one in the second period, one in the third period. Right, younger. Yeah, 
I think the the kids was like we haven't uh, we haven't like practice hard in the wrestling room and getting ready for this match. That's it. All right. We got David Carr next. Thanks, gentlemen. How do you think you wrestled tonight? I think I did okay. I think just I'm always improving. There's a lot of stuff I think I can always work on, and I'm glad I have a great coaching staff who will go back to work tomorrow. Any specifics you need to work on? I know there's a lot of things. I think just being able to move my hands more, move my feet more. Um, Executing on top, getting those turns, things like that, I think about all the time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm growing every week. I see every week as an opportunity to grow and learn, and I'm grateful for every match. And so I'm excited to go back to work tomorrow and work on some more stuff and work on more stuff with my team. Um, I love those guys to death. They're my brothers. You know, we're a family at Iowa State, and so I'm excited to see the growth, and I think we got more to offer. David, you said you were looking forward to this uh, today, saying it was one of your favorite duels in the past. How would you say today went with your excitement you were looking forward to? Uh, it was amazing. It was, I mean, every year the Cyhawk duel is, is, is crazy. There's always something unpredictable that happens. Um, and it's fun. You know, I, I, this is like so many fans, so many people passionate about wrestling. And uh, it's special. Uh, it was special to wear the robes. You know, you know, my dad got the my dad wore the robes to wear the eye, like their new or new singlets today. It was just everything was very special. I'm blessed to to be able to wrestle and represent Iowa State. It's truly amazing. And to wrestle at a Cyhawk, it's like a dream come true. From your perspective, what kind of happened there at the end of the duel? I don't know. I just I think we try to shake hands and. You know, it's a sport. We're passionate. We love uh, our guys. So um, I think just both guys, both teams are very passionate um, and just kind of got a little rowdy a little bit. Um, and I think that's that's normal. Um, when people love their teammates, they want to have their back. And, and I think that's what happened. So, yeah, that was the Cyhawk duel. Um and honestly, like the but I get the parting thought I have is that like this was fun, right? Like it was really fun. The stands were full. We touched on that. The atmosphere was electric inside Hilton. Um, the fans obviously shared just as many words as the wrestlers and coaches did. Um, just check my Twitter mentions. The online banter can be really annoying sometimes, if I'm being perfectly honest with you guys. But the action on the mat demanded strong reactions from both sides. So I totally get it. But this is what rivalries, rivalries should look like, right? Rowdy, fun, hostile, not overly hostile. I could do without the post-duel stuff which, I again, I thought was really, really dumb. But the intensity and the energy and everything else around it was just pretty spectacular. Like, there was one dad that brought his two young boys, and as they left, he said that they were already asking about returning, right? That was Cyhawk wrestling at its best. Um, the sport is more exciting when both teams are good, and the same goes for Northern Iowa as well. Um, I know they had a rough weekend, but... You know, when when all teams are good and everybody gets excited about this sport, it's good for the sport, it's good for the state, and it just makes these matchups so much more fun, right? Um, you know, so for as much as, you know, Tom's talking about how this is another date on the schedule, they still want to blank Iowa State every year, and Iowa State wants to continue to, quote, hit the bully, right? Like, that's 
That's what they want to do, right? And it's a lot of fun. It inevitably leads to a conversation about sportsmanship and setting examples for younger athletes and coaches and this, that, and the next. And I, you know, I couldn't hear what all the wrestlers were yelling at each other. I imagine they're probably not going to say the same things at the dinner table come the holidays. Um, you know, but outside of the mess and you know, why Terry decided to run over the Iowa State bench. I didn't think the energy boiled over on Sunday night. Um, Both benches probably yelled cuss words. Both of them probably flipped each other off. I tend to give a little bit more leeway in a heated rivalry duel because it's fun. Um, You know, like, for example, and I know this has made the rounds, Austin DeSanto's guest appearance on the ESPN Plus broadcast I thought was pretty funny, right? And Kyvin Gatson played it off perfectly, man. Like, hey, DeSanto, you want the mic, buddy? Like, gold, absolute gold. Um, there's an element of rustling that's entertainment, right? Most coaches will tell you that if you want to put butts in seats, you have to make it an enjoyable experience. The energy surrounding that duel on Sunday, I thought was excellent. So was the action on the mat. We talked about how close some of those matches were, how exciting they were. Um, this duel was as intense and as rowdy as I've ever seen it during my time at the register, right? And even, even then it's, you know, Iowa still won by 11 points. So it's like, I don't, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. I thought I thought it was fun, and I hope that that's what we see more of the Cyhawk and all of these interstate wrestling duels moving forward. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Very clearly, I did. Um, you know, hey, if you if you I you know I, if you got any other options or not options, but if you got thoughts about this, let me know. Right, like you guys know where to find me. I'm on Twitter. Um, you know, you can drop me a message. You can send me a tweet. Do whatever. Um, you know, let me know what you thought about it. I, the overwhelming response that I have seen so far is that like people loved it, you know, and not just people in the state of Iowa that have a vested interest in the duel, but people in and out of the wrestling community that have, you know, that watched it from afar, paid attention to it or followed along with the action. Um, I thought that was really, really cool. But yeah, that's, that's all I've got today, guys. Thanks a bunch for listening. I know we took last week off cause I was a little busy. We're back with the podcast this week. Um, probably going to have another one next week as well. We're going to try to do the weekly thing. You know, there might be weeks where we have multiple, but we're absolutely going to at least try to have one a week. Um, If there are certain things you want to hear on the podcast or certain people you would like me to talk to or, you know, certain, you know, I'm kind of playing this by ear this season, just trying to kind of see what you guys want to hear and and we'll we'll see what we can make happen. I'm hoping to do a few more like fun interviews, like, you know, inside wrestling conversation or just kind of, you know, wrestling banter, right? Like we're all wrestling fans and we just kind of want to talk wrestling. And so I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of, I don't, I don't want to say I'm winging it, but I'm winging it. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what, that's kind of the rough plan for what we're doing with the podcast this season. We're going to, obviously we'll lay down some interviews. We'll talk some results, but, um, you know, we're just going to try to make it a little bit more laid back, relaxed, and, and just try to have a little bit of fun with it. So I always appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to rate and review the show, Apple podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Google podcast, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin. Instagram, Cody J. Goodwin. And of course, be sure to subscribe to catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. Um, they're going to start putting a handful of my stuff behind paywall this season. Um, you guys can get a Des Moines Register Hawk Central subscription six months for a dollar, guys. That is a steal. It takes you all the way through wrestling season, and I don't want you guys to miss a thing. Um, so please go do that. You can find a link to do that as well as stories and videos from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. We'll be right back. 